Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, 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 we're live. Right. Hello, Great. Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. Hello, the world via the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, yeah, and the podcast is actually recording now as well. Wow, this is incredible. We've got all our ducks in a line. It's almost like we're behaving yeah. like oh. one of the top 30 podcasts on earth. As, <laughs> uh, an accolade given to us by the Times. And even more peculiar, you're here. <laughs> in in person, in the flesh. Isn't it amazing? It is. It's uh, nice. It's nice. After a massive weekend of rugby, um, Phil's got his laptop on his knees with loads of stats. Uh, JB's got uh, is that a sale t-shirt you got on no it's not it's a generic Canterbury uh, polo shirt in sale colours <laughs> coincidence and he's wearing socks for the benefit of anyone on Facebook live and yep. yeah I'm here Thank I'm goodness. Tim let's do this let's, let's get into this week's podcast then loads to talk about what with the European Champions Cup quarter finalists now decided moments ago we're just recording this straight after the end of Toulouse Connacht so hands in pod on three one two three pod, pod. Well, thank you very much for listening to, downloading and choosing to be with us, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that have been doing this for a few years and we thank you very much for being with us and for leaving your review on iTunes. There's been loads of kind ones given this week. For example, uh, yeah, this one uh, it says, a great mix of personalities. JB, J from the Inbetweeners in brackets. Oh, that's nice. Phil... <laughs> Stephen Fry for the stats in brackets and Tim Stifler from American Pie in brackets. That's a bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not going with that one. Uh, yeah, um, it's a bit. Of a, I think all three of them are a bit of a stretch. Yeah, they are. They are slightly. Um, the, the, yeah, it just says keep up the good work. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, love the podcast. Says Johnny McFadden. Uh, Great rugby chat with light humour. Sounds like the chaps chats you have with mates over a few drinks at the rugby club. That's what it's all about. We are fans. Uh, we've played the game. We love the game. And that's what we're here to do is talk about it. And uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, however, before we get into talking about the rugby and the European Champions Cup final round of matches in the pool stages and the quarterfinals confirmed, uh, we have been mentioning this for quite a while now, but confirmed we are 100% going to Bucharest on the weekend of the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, whatever that weekend, yeah, 17th, 18th, 19th of March. That is correct. This is now confirmed, booked. We even have a venue for our live show. That is booked. Yeah. So, Further so, details to come. So let's re- rewind a little bit. So we, like I think many, many rugby fans, get slightly frustrated by on a, on a Six Nations weekend not being able to get tickets, 
the tickets, if you can get them, are priced incredibly highly, especially when you factor in travel, a few beers, a bit of food, all the rest of it. We are going to Romania because there is another big international game going on that weekend. Huge one, actually. In tier it two, is huge. In, in tier two, this is as big as it gets. It really is. But, I mean, so, it's probably. I mean, if it, if this was in Georgia, it'd probably be a bigger crowd than some of the Italy games. So yeah, it's well, big. Georgia in their home games, they normally sell fifty thousand seat stadium. Unfortunately, this is a slightly smaller stadium. But the last two years of the tier two Six Nations. Oh, it's, it's Romania v Georgia, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the last two years of the uh, rugby Europe. Championships. JB just is <laughs> pushing the microphone in Phil's face. It's, it's only been three years. It's only been three years of consistent <laughs> mic distance. And Jay still can't get the sound quality. Oh, right. whatever. Go on. Um, yeah, last last two years, Georgia and Romania have been the top two teams in the European Champion. This is the final round of games. It is the de- It will probably be the deciding game in the Tier 2 Six Nations Championship. And we will be there. We will be there. And so we know we'll a great number of people that have already been in touch with us to say they're coming on board as well. So flight, for example, let me just say, I'm going from Stansted to Bucharest and my flights, and I've even booked a seat on the front row. So extra leg, leg room. room. Extra leg room and all that. And I thought on the way back especially, I'll just want to have a good nap. Yeah, so just abuse the guy in the front row. Yeah. If you're boring, <laughs> abuse that guy. So I've, I've booked with extra leg room. 75 quid return that's paying for uh, that's paying for a a case and paying for legroom so it's cheap as chips when you're out there I don't know what the cost of living how much is a beer in Bucharest Um, I've just been looking up from less than a pound for a beer in a bar in in a bar oh wow oh god oh wow yeah So come and join us. We're going to do a live podcast. Yeah, just, you know, we've already got about 50 people coming, so maybe don't rush too much to come. No, no, come, come, <laughs> come, sign up. We have set up a little Facebook page for the event. We have, yeah, go to um, our Egg Chasers Facebook page, okay. Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and there is the event, the Egg Chasers Live in Bucharest event. I think it's going to be fun and messy and all <laughs> kinds of good. Right, European Champions Cup then. Challenge Cup, I don't even know what the quarterfinals are. No, the Challenge Cup was brilliant this week. Yeah, no, I'm sure the games were great. But oh, no, no, the games were terrible. The oh, Challenge Cup was great, though. Um, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> well, of course, there's the Hobby League and there's also Hobby Teams. So the Hobby League is obviously the, is obviously the Pro 12. Uh, <laughs> a league that can't get itself together. And the Hobby Teams are obviously the teams in France, which have got all the resources in the world, yet they feed their players p- uh, pastries. Um, the Hobby Team, in this case, is Stade Francais, and they decided not to defrost their pitch. So this left Will Greenwood with an hour, an hour's worth of chats, and he did a fantastic job. That, that's a tough gig, that, just talking for an hour. Like you can just, I'm just imagining, knowing how it works, both from radio and, and TV, just there'd be someone in your ear going, yeah, uh, just uh, got another 10 minutes till break, just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, fair play to the guy. I mean, he's an absolute professional, because uh, it, there was no sign of any terror, but as soon as the news came through... You sound like Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, uh, as soon as the news came through, he started speaking much, much more slowly. <laughs> and he came out with some absolute belting comments. So um, my, my, my personal favourite was uh, describing Munster. He described Munster as, when people think of Munster, they think of only, a team of only Conor Murray, only CJ Stander, <laughs> only Simon Zebo, only Peter, Peter Morney. And people think, yeah, okay, that's a great list of only people. <laughs> that was, uh, then he spoke a little bit about Mike Tyson, 
Uh, Michael did an uh, impression of Mike Tyson. He tried. He? he was going to go and do an impression of, of Mike Tyson, but he didn't. He spoke about the, the Champions League, a, a Royal Marine military strategy that was fascinating, and uh, Mike, yeah, and Michael Johnson, the two hundred meter runner. So an hour's worth of Will Green that should be commissioned into an actual show. Michael Johnson's a very interesting character. He was helping Johnny May earlier yeah. this year. He also used. Um, an analogy about ancient Rome to transition into a story about Jason Leonard. First time it's been done. Wow. <laughs> live on TV. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's our, that's, our, that's our Challenge Cup roundup. Yeah, good. So enjoy the quarterfinals, whoever they are and whenever they are. No, they're... they're you- Anyway, mm. <laughs> enjoy it if it's, your team's in it. Yeah, well, the way the one way they could change this instantly and overnight is if the winner of the Challenge Cup got a place in the Champions Cup. Mm. I don't know why that isn't a thing. Get rid of the two Italian sides. Yeah. Mm. Then you can have equal numbers of teams from all the leagues. I believe is that right? Uh, you need you still need twenty teams. So you oh, have right, six, okay. six, 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 six on merit, mm-hmm. not not based on the nation you're at. You can have one playoff spot, which they currently have. And one that's the Challenge Cup winners. Yeah, done. There you go. Easy. And Easy. Then, then you wouldn't have pools that ended like Pool Two, which was Wasps twenty-two points, Toulouse eighteen points, Connacht eighteen points, Zebra zero points, minus two hundred and fifty-nine points difference. Yeah, yeah that was uh, yeah, it's embarrassing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. There's, there's some talk about um, Italy potentially going down to one team in Rome. So I, well. I heard they were moving the team. Well, well, they are. Zebra's winding up and they're starting a new one in Rome is the, is the Yeah, talk. and I heard two things. One, they were going to have two teams but move one of them. And the other was they were going to have one team and then have another European nation muted to be Georgia as a Haguaris-style, effectively, yeah. international well, Italy, team. Well, Italy would be the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, who one would team. they play? It could be. Like, who would their... What would they be called? The... Well, uh, well, well, the the Georgian Haguaras. Who who would they play? What competition? Pro Twelve. The Snow Leopards. Snow no, the, Leopards. Uh, Ooh. Uh, the Mountain Lions. Yeah. The Yaks. Something like that. Yaks. Yeah. Yaks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah. Yak. Yeah, it's double well, meaning. Yard yak. after yard after yeah. contact. Uh, or oh yes. Something like this, uh, they kind of rush away, aren't they? Something to do with bears. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Grizzlies. Georgia Grizzlies. I think that's American. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a good idea, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, full, I'm fully in favour of that yeah, if they I can am. get it going. As, as for the quarterfinals themselves, um, well, well, we, we now know obviously the one to eight, and you will know by now. And the fixtures will be Philip. Uh, well, it's Claremont v Toulon. <laughs> yes. Uh, Leinster host Wasps. Wasps. Saracens host Glasgow. Yeah. And Munster host Toulouse. Wow! Now, Tasty. Yeah, that's hell of hell of a lot of fixtures there. Um, Two English teams, th- three French teams, and three Pro Twelve teams. Yes, correct. So the uh, the hobby league's done all right. Well, yeah, but the hobby league's still terrible. Like I say, the teams in it are fine. <laughs> The league is horrible. Well, uh, it's interesting. We had a few tweets about this. So if you're just joining the podcast recently, maybe you saw the Times article. I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but we were one of the 30 best podcasts in the world. Were we? Uh, according to the Times. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you haven't framed the uh, article oh, yet, I have, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, if you're just... So the Hobby League is, is a reference to the fact that the bottom half of the Pro 12 is is pretty dire and the, t- and the top teams are really, really good uh, and they don't put out their best players in matches, all the rest of it. 
but actually, when you look at the Avicii Premiership this year, beyond the top four, the quality of the Avicii Premiership looks much, much worse, yeah, but, relatively speaking, than it has what, done. Do you know what's in? It does. It a just, big, big drop-off. No, do you know what? It just isn't, though. And that is that is the reality of the situation. People might say, oh, well, Newcastle wouldn't do well you know, at you know, in the Pro 12. They would only finish 12th or whatever it is. No, no, not true. I mean, uh, Newcastle have a fairly strong squad now. They're playing good rugby. They have a plastic pitch, for God's sakes. Whereas Dragons nearly had to call off a game because the pitch was a complete mess. But how many... You know, how many... Sale with nothing on the line beat Scarlet's this with, weekend. With, with nothing with on, on the line. line. Yeah, so you know, it's a good test. It's an equal test. What else is a good test? Is equal... How many hobby league teams have gone down forty-three nil at home to Glasgow? Well, this is um, this is quite an amazing result, actually. Yeah, it really. I think we should start there because it, it's seismic mm. uh, that that result. And I, I've never seen before. And my observation from being at Welford Road, I've never seen Leicester Tigers fans leaving. No, I've in, not. In numbers before the f- final whistle. No. No. It, it was remarkable. Well, humiliating, embarrassing, all the adjectives you want to throw at it. Well, Glasgow are a funny team for me because, yeah, they do everything well. They've got a good coaching setup. They've got a nice little campus going on in Scotston or Scotstoon or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I kind of thought they might have plateaued. Like, the. Gregor Townsend approach to playing rugby might have been figured out by some of the other Pro 12 teams. Maybe, although they've got all that Scottish talent, it wasn't quite top-end talent. And that's why they you know, they got to the Pro 12 final, they win the Pro 12, but then last year they... Did they... Did, have Leinster won it in the meantime, or has it been Connacht? Uh, Connacht won it in the meantime. Connacht beat Glasgow yeah. in the semi-final. I thought maybe year. they've plateaued, and maybe they're on a, a little bit of a down... Not a downturn, but maybe they've just you know st- steadied out. Uh, no, emphatically not. So you know, you've got... and, and it wasn't just the attacking stuff that they brought, which they did bring. Yeah. But they they scored a pushover try, uh, penalty try. They uh, again, their breakdown is fierce, isn't it? Yeah, with That's... and without the ball, they're tactically very, very astute too. A lot of nonsense was made up last week about attacking Conor Murray's standing leg, which is fine. Uh, I just think it's tactically... well, a, lot, a lot. A lot of nonsense was made uh, was said by Conor Murray. Yeah, about Glasgow players tackling his standing, tackling legally. On the fringes, which tells me that's a really effective tactic. If he's whinging away, that's a really effective tactic. Well, the suggestion from some people at Munster were, was that people that Glasgow were trying to injure his leg. Uh, they were just trying to put off a massive part of Munster's tactical kicking game by I mean, getting right at, at, at Conor Murray diving at him. Yeah, and that's fine. Be... And if, if if Conor Murray, if if your forward pack don't stand in the way and block, if you don't decide sometimes not to kick rather than kick and get smashed then that, that, that's the whole point that's, yeah. that's rugby I, I just think it shows a, a very uh, you know a, a much more tactically aware team than we've seen in current uh, Glasgow sides the only downside and this is more of a personal da- downside would be Finn Russell Finn Russell played a marvellous game but will his kicking cost him and I feel it might Um. And when I say will it cost him, I mean in terms of his, in terms of line selection. Though so I'm not talking yeah. about, I'm not talking about um, the Glasgow performance as a whole because that was excellent. What's, 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 what's his kicking you? like generally? Because you know, I, I'm I'd be loath to make a judgment on one match because if you did that, then George Ford a couple of weeks ago shouldn't be the England ten because he had a bad day. Uh, well, good. Well, you make a good point. George Ford arguably wouldn't be the England ten if if they could if Farrell couldn't play twelve. If they had an inside centre, he probably Farrell would probably be the starting centre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But you get my point. Uh, he's, he's kicking, yeah. He, he was 67%. He got five out of six conversions, but missed a few penalties. Um, In a 43-0 win. Yeah. Which he orchestrated his bat line. Yes. Majestically. Yeah, but he, he, he needs to kick points. And that's important. Unless yeah, they go with Lee Halfpenny or someone. Well, Gatlin might go with Lee Halfpenny. I think any other no, coach... No, he won't. I think Why any, not? Well, no, I think any other coach wouldn't, but Gatlin has got form. Oh, he was God. successful last time. Although um, Halfpenny's kicking of late hasn't been great. Well, that's why Farrell's going to be starting 10 for the Lions. Probably. Maybe. Or bigger. Um, <laughs> the, the thing with Lee Halfpenny, right, is he's absolutely world-class. Maybe the best in the world at some things. And he yeah. marries these up to things which I could do better. So, for instance, um, he is a wo- he's world class at positioning. He's world class at kicking. He's very brave. He's good at he's good at at, co- at cover tackling. Yeah, all of those things. He's maybe the best in the world. Uh, top three, probably yeah. top three, top five, definitely. And then you've got his distribution. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's one of the um, worst kept secrets that he can't really pass a ball. Yeah, uh, you, know, he's you, got, often, you often get players who can't pass off one hand. He's a player who can't yeah. pass off either hand. Like he has got some glaring weaknesses, but his strengths are so great. I mean, they also, I mean, his positioning effectively allows Wales to play with one fullback and push up, push up their wings, you know, or select someone like Cuthbert who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, hold on, so it might be a bit again. Maybe Gatland knows stuff we don't, and maybe the way to beat New Zealand is to have a winger that just runs into touch. I'd, I'd be I'd be amazed if Gatland knows stuff that, that we don't. No, I'd be amazed if he didn't know stuff that we, that, that we didn't. So. so he does know stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good. Glasgow mixed it up. It was it was forward play. It was back play. Uh, and we're not going to get into get into the situation of of trying to undermine how good that performance was. No, it, it was a complete team performance. It was absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant. I, I want Maru Itoji to play for England in the back row because Johnny Gray just is his work what? rate's immense. But wait, Fra- he... Fraser Brown at hooker. Love him as yes. well. Yes, a lot of people like him. He's good, isn't he? Um, the the interesting thing about that is you just said Johnny Gray. Why not Tim Swinson? Because he's not Johnny Gray. Yeah, but he's had, what, two man on match back to back? Carries yeah, on playing well? Okay. Well, L- Lions Bolter? No. No. Hmm. There's so much depth in that position. There is, but if he's the you know, if he's in the same team as Johnny Gray, he gets a gets a call up to the Scotland team. It's not a million miles away, you know? Well, he's, he's third choice for Scotland. I'd say there's three English locks ahead. Well, no, there's two Scottish locks ahead of him. Mm-hmm. There's probably four English locks ahead of him. There's Alan Wynn. There's Alan five, Wynn and probably two. <coughs> so so no. you've got about ten players ahead of him. So no. But, but you know, maybe book a holiday to Australia and take your boots with you. Yeah, That's just, not a bad just idea. Just in case. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we, you're close no, enough no, in Australia. I, I think that's what lads did, didn't they? They go to nice places which are close by. Yeah. yeah. We could probably get... They'd probably be quite a good Lions team made up of people that happen to be on holiday nearby. Tom Court, for example. Yeah. yeah. Shane Williams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Billy Twelve Trees. Yeah. Brad Barrett. Oh, who was the prop? There's another prop, wasn't there? It wasn't Tom Court. It was someone else. Tom Court did. Because Tom Court Jarvis or someone? I'm not, I can't remember. I'm sure there's another prop that went on holiday and got called up. Not sure. There, were, there was probably half a dozen who got called up mid-tour last time. And around. how does that work? Is there like a WhatsApp group and they just say, where are you? And whoever's nearest. <laughs> Gatlin, send... Gatlin add, adding <laughs> Billy Twelve Trees to Lion WhatsApp group. <laughs> first first come, first serve. Send us a location pin, closest wins. <laughs> or maybe it's just whoever gets to the hotel foyer first and books the room, gets the, gets the, gets the kit. Um, right, so Glasgow were outstanding. Leicester, that was abject. It was... 
I'm not going to use words like spineless. That's not fair because I, I think the effort was was there. They tried. There was yeah. There, there was some endeavour, wasn't there? Was there was plenty of effort, but they it's there's big problems there. And obviously, what some Leicester Tigers and some other commentators around will start saying is clearly there were bigger problems, and the problem wasn't Richard Cockrell. Yeah, well, you know, I think we've established that. Oh, you know, maybe the problem was Cockrell, and you know, this is just the the, the aftermath. Yeah. Um, now I kind of put this a little bit like: Did you when London Irish went down last year? Uh, you know, we were lucky, uh, lucky enough to meet some some of the team, and. These guys, these were not guys that weren't trying hard in the same way that Leicester Tigers aren't trying hard. They're not just throwing it away. But you would say that London Irish team looked a little, a little out of sorts, a little clueless after a couple of phases. And that's what exactly what I think has happened at, happened at Leicester. They look absolutely clueless. You give them the ball for two or three phases and it just goes to pot. Well, they need to keep the ball for two or three phases first. <laughs> yes, yes, that's not a bad shout. But uh, they just... Uh, I just think all the problems we talked about before, so we don't need to go into it again, but... Uh, no gain line successes therefore scrap, yep. scrappy ball in your own attacking breakdown disrupted therefore the ball that you're shoveling on is is poor um, and again the other problems that we've talked about how much as a percentage of their salary cap is not available to them regularly Ayerza, Mullapola, Tuolagi um, Croft massive God, massive yeah. paychecks that they just haven't got value for and as we talked about before, part of that is Richard Cockcross' responsibility and decisions he's made and recruitment and all the rest of it. So, anyway, just it, it's going to take longer to sort out than changing a coach. What's the first thing, thing, thing that you'd do, Tib? I would I would say thank you very much for your service. Um, Mullapola, Ayrtsa, Tuolagi, Croft um, and a number of other players that are a bit long in the tooth. Maybe even Tom Youngs with the hookers that they've got available to them. Mm-hmm. I know he's a big club man. I don't want to yeah. say I'm not, but I'm just talking about squeezing value. You've got three really good hookers. McGuigan and Thacker are, are great. Yeah, yeah. and you and, you, and you're probably going? spending and you're probably spending three hundred odd grand on Tom Youngs. I thought Thacker was going to Worcester. There's, there's been some rumours, okay. but but yeah. Barra Major really likes him. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure you could retain him, if, particularly if Tom Youngs goes. Yeah. So that's that's what, and uh, so that's maybe what I would do. And I'd try and get an amazing fly half, someone like George Ford. But Not happening for another year or so. That's what I mm. do. Talk, you know, you, you mentioned last week and this week gain line successes. Do you know who beat the most defenders for the Leicester team this week? Tom Brady. Nope. Uh, Tom Brady defenders beaten zero. So he's oh, okay. So top joint top. <laughs> he's not a million miles away. <laughs> Jack Roberts. Uh, Jack Roberts defenders beaten zero. Oh my word! Ellis Genge. Ellis Genge, reserve loose head prop, top scored with three defenders beaten. Wow! And he got a yellow card in the time he was on. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, that yellow card that, was so obvious. Yeah, you I don't mean he was about to explode, yeah. wasn't he? They probably did him a favour. Because mm. mm. if, if he'd stayed on for another few minutes, it would have been a red card. Mm. I don't know how Leicester Tigers get over this. I really don't because it's so demoralising. This this game is huge, but I just wonder: Are we being too reactionary? Are we putting too much effort on what was? I know it's at home, and I know it's European, but a nothing game for Leicester and Glasgow, who had the most to do to secure their um, uh, their fi- quarterfinal spot. There, there was definitely a danger of that, and I think if we were reactionary, if we were, I, I think the reactionary time was post first game at Munster, and it was oh my god, it's over, and then they go and beat uh, Glasgow. Le- Leicester, oh no, no, Munster when they were nilled. 
So they they got battered up in Glasgow. Yeah, they were They got battered in Munster. Um, They beat... Can I just point out, I was at all three of... I was working at all three of those games that they got absolutely spanked at. A curse, perhaps? Yeah, so for you, actually, this is standard Leicester (laughs) fair, isn't it? You've never seen seen them play well. No. Uh, But then, you know, there's a little pick-up of form. They ditched a director of rugby, and now they are tanking points. I mean, their defence is also terrible. Well, we've got a couple of weeks before the Premiership returns. Uh, we've, we'll have a, we'll have plenty of time to, to talk about that, and and I, I imagine there might be other stories emerging: players in, players out, coaches in, coaches out in 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 the coming weeks. We will wait and see. Mm. Uh, what other quarterfinals did you enjoy, Phil? Um, oh, not quarterfinals, sorry, the the final, the round. final game. Yeah, because quite a few of them were effectively knockout games. Um, on the same same day, just before the Leicester game, Saracens Toulon. It's not a high-scoring game. It's ten-three. It yeah. finished, but I think if you it, the the low-scoring points does not give a true reflection no. of how big this game was, how monumental the performance by both teams is brutal. It was brutal. It was as near as you can get to Test match intensity for the majority of the game. Um, can I can I just mention on, on that one? So before you go on, I have actually got some exclusive. Obviously, I'm on on the kind of inside working yeah, on, yeah. The, on the television with the television broadcaster. There, I've got some inside um, audio that hasn't been heard before of the moment that Alex Lazowski was tackled by <laughs> Mathieu Bastero. <laughs> uh, fair play, Alex Lazowski, getting up from that. He's a tough. He's yeah. a tough, tough guy. That hit was oh. incredible, Ooh. and it perfectly legal, timed so well. It it, it is a bit of a dangerous game because if because Lazowski was spinning, he was half tackled and he was spinning. He comes into it completely blind, oh. just starts to accelerate after spinning, and Bastro levels it. I'm not sure there's a worse player in the world to run into in that situation. Well, what I would say about Bastaro is at least he's a little bit soft around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that was Mar Nonu, it'd just be muscle and bone. Do you bone. know what? There's nothing soft about that when it's hitting you that fast. <laughs> that fa- oh, the closing speed. I can't remember what, what phrase the uh, was. It Ali Eakin, the commentator, said was uh, like having a cow dropped on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a kind of tackle that makes you taste your fillings. Yeah, um, O'Driscoll. Said O'Driscoll, that. yeah, bod. It was great. Ooh, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it, it was tough. Yeah, sorry, you were saying, Phil. Well, just about the game, it was is very, very good, very high standard. Um, Toulon came out um, so fast; they started so well, and they did fade condition and fitness. We spoke about before, but first fifteen twenty minutes, I thought. Well, let's Toulon talk first fifteen do this. twenty seconds. Two is over. Oh, oh. God! Oh. Yeah, that wins it almost. Have you ever in a game? It. Have you ever completely butchered something in a really embarrassing uh, fashion? I've never dropped the ball over the try line. Oh, hang, hang on a minute, Phil. You haven't dropped the, the ball over on a try line. The only time I've ever played rugby with you, though, our only pro, our only guy who's getting paid, our only guy who's playing National Leagues on the wing, Sevens, you were there, he's in for a try, he scores, oh, we yeah. go through, he somehow got caught. Yeah. He somehow got caught. Phil Pick- Winger, National League National winger, League playing winger. social Sevens, got caught. And I- I'd scored six tries in three games, and I've been carrying you layabouts. That's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I resent that. I was in the middle orchestrating things, like like, like Andy Goode did with uh, Newcastle last year. That that was my role in that side. Uh, I'm sure I must have. I, so when I know I've bought you things which have been given, which I, is kind of the opposite, isn't it? 
So I know they've definitely not been tries. I knocked on from the base of a scrum once, and I just needed to tap it down. That it, was given as a try. I've done it. I've done something embarrassing. I uh, was at the back of a ruck. In fact, was I playing? I was playing number eight in this particular game, and I pick, picked up from the base a scrum uh, about halfway between the twenty-two and the try line, and I broke off to the right, managed to get outside the blindside flanker, and sort of handed off the the winger that was stepping in. And was and reached for the try line, planted the ball perfectly over the five meter line. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've told you this story before, but it's worth telling you telling you again. I was playing school rugby, and uh, I was meant to go into a ruck, and I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because one of the guys carrying the ball, and we were in these baggy old like cotton uh, cotton um, rugby tops. Oh, I love those old rugby jerseys. Oh, yeah, they, they, with, a, with a patch on the back with your number on. Uh, no, I mean they would have had a patch if we were wearing numbers, but we weren't because yeah. they, they were just house jerseys. And this guy got 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 tackled, and as he got tackled, um, the tackling player ripped the jersey, which would come off. Over his head, but at the same time, he also ripped off his scrum hat. Oh, so yeah. I was convinced that this guy had been decapitated, <laughs> and I just stood there in horror, looking at this uh, at this ruck and this guy holding a scrum hat, looking like he's got someone's head. Going, Beardmore, get in there, get in there. It's horrible. I never want to see a decapitated man on a rugby field ever again. I do remember a game actually oh. where uh, there was a penalty, and I was standing behind the post, but just to the right of the posts, so not through the middle and they missed the penalty so I went to the um, in goal area at Sedgley's like 20 metres deep yeah, so you big, can't let yeah, you can't let it bounce and go out so I went to catch it no one around me and dropped it and knocked the ball on but five metre scrum I thought the rule was you can't forward pass or knock on in your own dead ball I've heard that rule up a few times I've never actually looked it up though. well the five metre scrum was definitely given you can't what knock on the ball after- in your own dead ball uh, no, I think uh, no. That's not true. The reason I heard that, no, that's not and true. I've never read it up, so it, I mean, it doesn't sound right. The reason I, I I say that is, do you remember Will Greenwood did it? So something happened, and Will Greenwood instead of waiting for the whistle, caught the ball and he passed it forward uh, to the ref, so the ref could um, give a scrum, something like that, or he didn't t- touch it down. And I'm sure one of the commentators said, actually, you can do that. You, you, there, are, there are no forward passes in, in your own dead ball. I know the one thing you can do in the dead ball area, which you can't do in the rest of the field, is have is be stood out in touch or out in goal and score a try. You can be stood with both your feet off the field, touch the ball That's down, right, yeah, you can. And it's a try. Yeah. Oh, Christian, Wade Christian Wade did it. Christian Wade did it, whereas if you do it uh, with your feet in touch yeah. and play the ball, it's a line-up. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah... Toulon, much, much better. Saracens seem quite depowered by the players they're losing. Massively. Yeah. And this is the important thing, I think. So, yeah, it was an equal battle. Um, Saracens eventually were victorious. But I, you know, if I was Toulon, I think I'd be very disappointed with this. I think Saracens were there for the taking and they couldn't do it. And I think one of the things that they, that they lack is Before you say that, do you, know, do you know the last away game Toulon won? It, Ooh. it was against. Uh, it, it, it'll be against one of the like Oyana or uh, Sale. It was against Sale. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, back in what? De- de- and they were convincing. Uh, November. Yeah, yeah, October. October, November. That's the last away game they've won. Does anyone know who wow. makes Toulon's kit? Um, it is Bird. No, not Bird. That's Northampton. It used to be Bird, didn't it? Bird of Sports. I don't know. It's bad anyway. Uh, I actually quite quite like it. Mm. But it? Uh, I, I can't even tell you the name. I just know the logo is 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 a single H. Not yeah. Halbro. 
that company Hallie from Bro. Oldham. Halibro? Halibro? I'm not sure, but it's just a single H. I thought, oh, don't know them. No, don't know them. Um, uh, other quarter well, let's go through the other games that, that mattered. Then again, apologies if your team's game's not getting discussed, but Sale versus Scarlet, for example. No, that's a good game. Do you want no, to talk about that? Yeah, no, oh, go on. Didn't matter. Go on. I've got half an hour worth of notes here. <laughs> no, but what. The Will no. Addison try was good. You see that? It was a good try. It's a cracking yeah, try. try. But uh, no. It, it and they not, won finally. First in. What? First one in nine? First one in ten. First one in ten. Nine straight defeats. I think the most encouraging thing is, is AJ McGinty played, played okay, but he still, still misses kicks. And some of his handling is not great. Yeah, and some of his uh, taking the ball to the line isn't great. We've already either. taken too much time. The, fr- <laughs> the Friday night's fixtures. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cast drawing 24 all with Leinster. Didn't, didn't say it. Um, I, I was back in Leinster to get the win. Not that it matters because they're through anyway. Um, yeah. But the other game, Montpellier Northampton, which Montpellier did have a chance and they gave themselves a chance by getting the, the four tries. Um, obviously, they've not quite made it through. But this game was all about one man. Yeah, and I've actually got another bit of uh, sound. Um, that uh, which this is of. Is this genuine too? This is genuine, completely hundred percent wow. genuine. Um, never heard before footage from a special side of the pitch mi- uh, camera uh, and mic. This is Namani Nandolo running over George North. <laughs> Problem I love with, the uh, ambulance coming in. Problem with this one, right, is that he didn't really... I mean, George North didn't do anything, really. Yeah, George, George it, North it did not... Like, fun- tag. Is everyone else he ran over? That. No, there was one comment I read, which was uh, really funny, uh, which said... Hold on, I'll find it. Uh, the comment I read at the time on Twitter, which said, George North looked like a man deciding between making a proper tackle or getting another concussion. <laughs> As someone else said, oh. North's effort was terrible. No wonder he gets concussed so much. Uh, another uh, comment on Nandolo. Like, I'm, I know Phil, you'll go on about this. I, I liked, in, in addition to all the brilliant things about him and his play, he has a little muffin top, which I appreciate. <laughs> he, he has a little bit. He has a little muffin top over the top of I, his shorts. I do appreciate that a little bit less. Um, but <laughs> when he's twenty stone and six foot five and can run that fast, yeah. I don't really. Do you see his offload for the? Uh, what, I think it was their first try. Was it um, Jacques Duplessis who went in? The round-the-back offload was phenomenal. To be honest, I can't remember much of this game. I was in a bloody bad state by by, by, by this point on, on Friday. Oh, yeah, because you went to the rugby league game, you didn't you? went to a rugby league game at a naval yeah. thing. Uh, I was invited to, 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 watch Lon- to watch London Scholars. Did Mike Ford and any of the Toulon boys turn up in the end? No, Mike Ford no. didn't come in the end because apparently no. he's under quite a lot of pressure. Oh, is he really? Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't want to be seen doing other really? honourable stuff. But actually, it was a great day out. Um, in the Honourable Artillery Company, London Scholars played Wigan. Loads, we, of, loads of free booze. Um, yeah, we set off from uh, uh, Manchester at Half Nine Train... Uh, by the time we just got past Stockport, we were halfway through our first our, our, our first bottle of Prosecco. So we had we had it's a, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> ten minutes. To... <laughs> rules, 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 mate. So yeah, it was a heavy old shift, and then yeah, it was good. So, go on then. Just on Nadolo. Yeah. So I've pulled pulled out some of his stats from this game. Obviously, mentioned the Ellis Genge stats. Um, his stats for the game. So he carried for 176 meters. He beat. 13 defenders and made six clean breaks. Wow. Now, to put that into perspective. Yes. In the Viva Premiership. Avicii Premiership. Avicii Premiership. Not in any single game. In the season to date. Kempisi, 
in nine appearances has beaten the same number of defenders. Yep. Sean Maitland in nine appearances has made the same number of clean breaks. And Jamie Roberts in seven appearances has made fewer meters. Wow. Wow, indeed. That's quite incredible. Yeah. I'll just say this about Sean Maitland. Uh, I like Sean Maitland a lot as a player. I, I do. But it does feel like he needs a lot of space in order to operate to his full potential. Yeah. He looks like he's trying to start like an actual 100-meter sprint. Wow. He's that kind of, <laughs> kind of athlete. I suppose the final uh, game to talk about then would be the Munster one. Yeah. Um, and, well, just good, solid again from them. Yeah, I don't think CJ CJ Sander with another man of the match. Yeah, CJ Sander's excellent. Uh, Conor Murray's excellent. Yada yada yada. The bit I quite liked about this is actually there was quite a lot of pride shown by Racing. It would be Mm, easy for them to to roll over. Yeah, and they didn't. In fairness, it made made a competitive sport, a competitive spectacle. Um, Yeah, yeah, compared to the other game in that group, obviously the Leicester um, Glasgow game. So yeah, fair play to Racing. I wonder how much of that was kind of let's not let Ronan Agora down when he comes home. It must be must have played some part in it. Yeah, it's, it's an easy team talk, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and also with the, some of the second string, particularly in the pack, as it was against Leicester in Paris, the second string performing quite well. Actually, it probably gave a, some of the frontline players a bit of a rocket. Like mm. your spot isn't. Yeah. Tell me who I really like for Munster, and you can tell me more more about him. And I'm not sure if he is getting much recognition for the national team is Conway on the wing I love his work rate every time that there's a ball in the air you can guarantee that Conway's underneath it somewhere or you know within within the general location I don't think he's near the, the team at the moment I certainly don't think he's in the squad he, well he's certainly you don't, you don't I mean you don't put him in the same kind of um, category as Tommy Burr or someone someone like that but he no. does work incredibly hard topping, yeah. topping that pool and as we are several months on from Axel Foley's death I don't think any suggestion that this isn't the real deal and gonna last from Munster? I don't think. You, oh yeah, it's this is yeah this is it in the real deal and they're uh, they're very organised, aren't they? Very organised, looking set fair. Um, um, Toman Park booked, is yeah they've they've booked a home quarter final, which is massive, yeah. absolutely huge, and they've got Toulouse, um, which will match up pretty well to them because they've got that big, supremely well drilled pack. Yeah. Uh, the Munster matchday program for their game against Racing had a Q&A with their prop Dave Kilcoyne who was on the bench but played quite a lot of the game due to an injury to, to one oh, of the props gone. He, uh, there, were, there were normal questions in this Q&A things like what are you currently reading and he's reading I am Zlatan uh, all that kind of <laughs> stuff but there was one question I thought I'd bring to your attention which I thought you'd appreciate they said when you finish rugby what would you like to do Dave Kilcoyne Munster prop says I would like to, and this sounds like a five-year-old boy writing it. Astronaut. Uh, I would like to become CEO of Munster, own my own nightclub or restaurant, whilst also moonlighting as mayor of Limerick. <laughs> wow. Hey, aim big. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong reach, with that. Reach for the stars. Too right. Too right. You uh, can do I've it. got some stupid questions to ask, <laughs> just very quickly. Go on. So, Cronin the hooker, he has got to be the brother of Cronin the prop, yeah? Uh... Possibly, I don't know. All right, okay. So, question number two: Scannell the hooker has to be the brother yes. of Scannell the centre. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Omani the wing, brother of Omani the flanker. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Someone needs to tell us. Yeah. Just wondering. And there, and there's also uh, the bad Carney and the good Carney. 
Yeah, bad that. Carney and good Carney. Remember, remember there, was, uh, there was a time when bad Carney and good Carney were in the Irish back three. Yeah. They haven't got to do that anymore, have they? Uh, oh, and the last one is um, Johnny Gray. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and what's the other one? Uh, Talai Gray. And Talai Gray. They've got to be brothers, right? Johnny? Yeah, they're brothers. They're yeah, Johnny Gray and Talai Gray. Yeah, yeah, that's the, right. The third Gray brother. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Half, I think they are half brothers. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is kind of like asking uh, Scott Williams and Liam Williams and Shane Williams. Yeah, they're they're all the same, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think Scannell and uh, Cronin, they've got, they've, they've got to be brothers. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cronin's are not are not brothers. Oh, we're getting that on Facebook Live. Yeah, Facebook Live. We've just you, pitched in. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. At Rugby Podcast. Omani's are not. Omani's not brothers. Not Come on, brothers. Uh. G- give me the last one. But Talai Gray and Johnny Gray are definitely brothers. Johnny Gray and Talai Bre- Gray are brothers. I've yeah, just yes. had it confirmed. But um, some people think Richie is, but he he's um, just a second cousin. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to... Oh, we should say, right, so that we, we have Prouder Ulsterman as a prefix for... Uh, Pride Ulsterman as a prefix for uh, Ulster's rugby team. Yeah. Brave Connacht. Uh, yeah. Is getting... Brave is getting banded yeah. around a lot about Connacht. They were very brave. I really wanted them to do this. And then there were only three points off as well. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Uh, yes. And that even that last penalty, I, you see them given both ways. The penalty for holding on by Connacht, which was a Toulouse player not supporting his own body weight. Mm. Uh, yeah. Frustrating. Now, we talked about this during well. the game. There's far too many penalties, I think, who are kind of soft holding holding on the ball penalties. And what I mean by that is the the the... Defending team just need to basically touch the ball with both hands, and it's a penalty. Yeah, and they're not they're not really considering, you know, how much force are they pulling that ball up with? It's almost like it's almost like touch. Like you've got to touch the ball with both hands, and then it's a penalty. But the, so the player is supposed to release on the ground. So, but he's supposed to be given an opportunity to release. Yeah, so as long as he's as long as he's given the opportunity to release, then if a player can touch the ball, he should be able to pick it up. Can I ask about that? The, the problem is though. For me, it's the, the not supporting your own body weight. Yeah. I don't think we should go too much into this. We, we've got to remember, we have got two fallow weeks before Six Nations with Anglo-Welsh Cup. Is it yeah. two? Is it can't wait. Is it not only one week? Uh, oh, yeah, no, it's only one week. We, okay. We one have, week. We have next week, a bit of a fallow week. We'll be building up to the Six Nations, obviously, but uh, we can pick up a, a sort of any other business. But there's some big, meaty topics to get into, like... Residency rules. Yeah. Um, I've got a rugby social as well. In fact, should, should, I, should I do a rugby social? Yeah, yeah, do that. All right. So we know how much rugby players love their Twitter accounts, mainly to just try and blag free stuff. Mm. Uh, Northampton this week, I couldn't believe the number of players were tweeting about coconut water. Oh, really? Just constantly. Like, if you're going to try and blag something, blag, not coconut water. Blag something good. Uh, Bentleys or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Uh, anyway, so uh, from my options, you have to guess what the answers are in relation to the, the Twitter social media antics of some rugby players. So London Irish's Luke Narraway was getting very nostalgic this week about which TV show he loved in his childhood. Was it SpongeBob SquarePants? Hmm. Was it Wackaday? Was it The Shoe People? Hmm. Uh, Phil, you can go first on this one. Wackaday. Never even heard of Wackaday. I think he's too old, too old for SpongeBob. But he's too young for shoe, pe- shoe people. 
He's saying shoot people. The answer, Luke Narraway was getting very nostalgic about... I'll tell you what, I'll play the theme tune of the uh, show that he loved as a kid. It's got shoot people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very good. Where's the... I don't remember the theme tune being so long and boring. Oh, no, but, but I do now. Anyway, he tweeted that theme tune and was uh, going on about how good it was, a uh, TV show it was. Anyway, I tell you what, whoever invents like children's TV shows, <laughs> I think this about children's TV shows and nursery workers, eventually there's going to be a class action lawsuit because I'm sure that their minds rot. They just have to. Okay. <laughs> one nil to JB. Question two. Big Luth, Luther Burrell, was delighted to meet one of his heroes this week. But who was it? Was it a well-known MMA fighter, a well-known house DJ, or a well-known TV chef? You go first, JB. Oh, house DJ. Ugh. Um, Has he met? DJ James it's gonna, I week. think it's an MMA fighter. Although, who would it be in Northampton? You've given your answer, Phil. MMA fighter. Oh, it's going to be house DJ, isn't it? For well, sakes. so I know he's from his um, various social media accounts that he's been in Dubai this last week with his pregnant wife. Mm. So I'm going to say a TV chef or chef. You're both wrong. It's a house DJ. House DJ. Uh, Ask. Uh, tweet from... Uh, <laughs> not James Haskell. Uh, tweet from Big Luth says, Nice surprise visit from the king of house music. And do you know this name? Simon Dunmore. Great to see you, Si. Uh, apparently him, Stephen Myler and Harry Malander shared some time with Simon Dunmore, a house DJ. Uh, so, house... No. <laughs> do, do Sounds know? like Simon Dunmore, accountant. Would be more. Well, I mean, house DJ. I mean, is that just a resident DJ at a bar? I've no idea. You no, know, it's a type of music, isn't Simon it? Simon Dunmore's. Uh, yeah, Sim- but, you know, you know, house, uh, house, house chef or house or <laughs> house wine. Yeah, house wine. I just have a glass this is of a house. resident house DJ. <laughs> Simon Dunmore's Twitter bio uh, says, "Slave to the rhythm." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your kind of guy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jay. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm really to rhythm. <laughs> right, so it's still one nil, one nil to Jay. One more question: uh, Which national day did Quinn's winger Tim Visser think his teammate Mike Brown would appreciate? Sorry, uh, would love which national? Uh, I'll give you the options. Which national day? You know, you, yeah, everyone yeah. goes. Oh, today is national. 
don't wear socks on Facebook Live videos week. <laughs> see whatever. what you th- see. <laughs> see what you see, Tim. See what you see. <laughs> um, so, which national day did Tim Visser think Mike Brown would love? It was on January twenty first. So, it was January twenty first? So, a national day, right, is the day for a nation. No, no, or, no, no. It's like, like or a bank cha- holiday. Charities, like or a national, national organisations will say, oh, it's national, um, national. Save and prosper Twickenham seat <laughs> appreciation day. Righto. I'm just saying what, what I see. What about like Pancake Day? Pancake Day. There you go. There's one. Something so like this, that. Or... Anyway, Tim Visser saw that January the 21st was a particular day and said, Mike Brown, you'll love this. Was it? Was he referring to Omelette Appreciation Day? Was he referring to Calm Headedness Appreciation Day? Or was he referring to Squirrel Appreciation Day? I'm going to say Omelette Appreciation Day. Calm-headedness. If I was going to make up a gag about this, I'd go with calm-headedness. Which is exactly why I put it as one of my red herrings. Ah! It's Squirrel Appreciation Day. (laughs) Bitten by my own Why do you think Mike Brown loves squirrels? Or why do you think Tim (laughs) Visser thinks Mike Brown loves squirrels? I'm I'm trying to work this out. Don't know. <laughs> so maybe he's a very keen, more information. He's about... a very keen saver. Oh, Acorns, see, yeah, yeah. squirreling mm. money away, that kind of thing. Mm. I, don't I don't think know. of anything else that a, a squirrel really represents. I know, I know that our local butcher goes into the local park uh, just at the at the end of the road and shoots squirrels and then ha- gives them out for free. Mm. With, uh, yeah, with, he does it with, with all with sorts a, of wildlife. He offers you a free squirrel. Um, does he skin it or do you have to skin it no, yourself? No, that's part of the deal. If you buy, if you get a free goose off him, free kind of the goose something, you've got to skin it yourself. You've got to pluck, pluck it, it, it yourself. Free yeah. pheasants, free, yeah, all sorts. Hmm. Any, anywho, there you go. Rugby Social JB1. Oh, well then. Well, well done, done, JB. Uh, Thanks, mate. Uh, England squad. Eddie Jones' England squad. And there was a Wales squad as well. But let's start with uh, the England squad. Uh, any surprises or any omissions or anyone you would want to see out or in of Eddie Jones' squad? What do you make of it in general? So we previously had the 33-man training camp. Mm-hmm. Three players have dropped out and four players have come in. Okay. Can you tell me the players who dropped out? Um, of the previous 33-man training squad? Yeah. Two two through injury, one through presumably form, although he didn't play this weekend. Not Rocco. He wasn't in it last No, week. he wasn't. He was in the wider 45-man squad. Hmm. I have no idea. Um, well, well, okay. Well, so. obviously, Rob Shaw's dropped out. You're not, you're Rob not, Shaw's out. Yeah, Rob, Rob Shaw's dropped yeah, out yeah. through I'm with injury. You. Um, uh, the Vunapolas out through injury. They weren't in it. They were already out. Oh, okay. Mike Williams in, of course. Uh, he was in it last time. Oh, was he? Yeah. Because uh, Billy Luke Cat. He only has two hookers or two scrum halves. Two scrum halves or one of the scrum halves. So Robson or Simpson? Uh, or no, they were already ben in the wider, scru- wider squad. Uh, no, Spencer, Spencer was in the 45, but not in the... Oh, okay. So the two who dropped out through injury, Robshaw and Manu, and then the only other one was Beaumont, who has been replaced by Clifford. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah. Won't be happy about that. And so the well, guys coming in were Clifford, Slade comes in for Manu, Launchbury's in, um, so they've got five second rows, although Itoji's probably going to be considered as a back row, and Ellis Genge comes in. How excited are you about mm. a Todgy in the back row? Um, interested to see, to see it. I and think in the, I think particularly in the winter months, um, when it's colder and wetter, great stuff. Potentially, you might lose a little something 
um, when the, the game opens out a, a little bit. If, yeah. I, if I was Warren Gatland, I'd be delighted from a Lions perspective because I think yes, yeah, trying to accommodate so, all those Alan <laughs> Alan Wynn, Johnny Gray. Well, the point George I made Cruz. is Tim Swinson, the person, <laughs> yeah, Tim Swinson, uh, the person who's most delighted about the potential move of Vitoji to the back row, or Alan Wynn Jones as captaincy hopes, because yeah. if he's out the way. It's a fairly clear walkthrough. Do you know what I would? Gen- I don't think. I think Warren Gatlin. I, I think Warren Gatlin will do that. Probably Alan Wynn. However, and Eddie Jones even said in a really interesting article in the Guardian this week that he would. He thinks that Warren. He didn't say he would. He said he thinks Warren Gatlin will pick Alan Wynn Jones as captain. What? I, if yeah, I, if it's, I, if, it's very different from saying yeah. I as Eddie Jones would pick him as captain. If I were it? Warren Gatlin, I wouldn't pick a captain. I would pick a captain a couple of weeks before no, the first test. I agree with you, actually. I agree with this whole horse. I don't like the idea of a club captain. I think you should pick captains week to week. Um, but this is, this would be going against all all manner of tradition. Yeah, I know. And the, the, the as much as anything, you can imagine that the sponsors wouldn't like it because they want to get their picture of the captain and all that and the press the media conference. Time, what, about a, yeah. what about a leadership group? Would you be happy with that? I complete. Uh, that's you know what? That's what I would do because yeah, I think, because yeah, I don't think there's any candidate that can guarantee their space in the team. No. Now, does this talk to a lack yeah. of good leadership candidates or massive no. strength in depth? Massive strength in depth in the in those. Well, maybe in both. Maybe, maybe both. Really? Yeah, maybe both. I see. I don't... Well, in the sense that there are a couple of there there are candidates in the second row, but you can't we can't but guarantee this. What does this tell you about the current crop of Six Nation or Home Nations captains? If you don't think there's a standout captain to lead the Lions, because Alan Wynne Jones has only just been made well, well, well. Well, no, well I think he would be the standout captain if you were just picking a captain, but he wouldn't be. He might. He might not warrant a place in the side. Yes, and I'm. But uh, you, yeah, your point is so. Of of those Six Nations teams, yeah, there all, there is a fault with all of them. Like Hartley, there's an obvious fault, potential fault there. Rory Best has got a few question marks over yep. him. Laidlaw probably won't be on the plane. And then Alan Wynne Jones is the best option. It but if it, was, if it was Warburton, there would be big question marks. Yeah. He's hardly played in the so, last couple of years. Yeah, so I just, maybe we're just in a real bad spell for home nations cap- captains. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Eddie Jones actually uh, said in a, in a different interview this week that he thinks England don't have uh, good enough leaders because they're too sheltered. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because Eddie Jones does have... So he's got Hartley as a captain, but then he has the wider leadership group, which includes Mike Brown, Billy yeah. Vanapola, Owen Farrell. Well, related to this, and on that Guardian interview, Eddie Jones said, yeah, Dylan Hartley's our captain right now, but will he be captain in Japan? Maybe, well, good chance he won't be. Hartley's yeah. been going through some gruelling fitness tests, apparently. Have you heard about these? I'm not surprised. He's not played in eight weeks. So England set him up with these fitness tests to replicate test match rugby. I can't tell you exactly. Oh, yeah. Because n- most fitness tests, they are brutal, but they're only kind of between five and fifteen minutes long. But you're talking about effectively an eighty-minute fitness I'm test. I'm not sure it goes for eighty minutes. Well, if it, that's the only way you can, or well, at least sixty minutes. Yeah, it's 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 a, it isn't eighty minutes. I'm pretty sure of that. But you know, the intensity is going to be pretty massive because he wouldn't stay on for eighty minutes, would he? Yeah, well, he stay on for sixty. He'd do forty and then twenty. Sounds horrendous, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, does, he get, does he get a break at, uh, after 40? Yeah. <laughs> that, if you're going to replicate it, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And at what point in the replication is there a... I don't know, is there a, a little bit of rubber he has to go and bite down on? Well, yeah. That's what, what, <laughs> do you remember Men in Black? 
where they're going through the, the shooting range and every now and again like a child would pop up yeah. or like an old woman would be crossing the road. That's exactly what you'd have to do with Dylan Hartley. Yeah, and I think the test is if he does knock referee off... referee pops up, does he yeah. go, yeah. F you, ref. <laughs> or, you know, a, a, a woman child <laughs> pop up and he, and he clotheslines him. And he's yeah. just there. He's there to tempt him rather than anything else. Sean O'Brien's big head with a massive target on it. I, but it's been actively rude to, rude to him. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's a, that's a great test for <laughs> That is the only real way to replicate test match rugby. <laughs> Maybe the replication of test match rugby that he's doing is he's just sitting in a room for 80 minutes with Band. He, people coming in trying to wind him up constantly and he has to stay, he, keeps, he has to keep his heart rate yeah. at, at resting level. <laughs> anyway. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, so Eddie Jones said Hartley will probably start. I don't think there's any real surprises. The Mike Williams one is interesting. I guess it's... Um, we talked about this before, but I guess it says everything about Eddie Jones. He knows what he wants from a position, yes, and he kind of he's his own man, and he doesn't care what anyone else thinks. And sometimes he'll go out and, on on a whim. He said in this Guardian interview, sorry to keep referring to it, but it's really good. He mentioned that he thinks players perform best and will get to the required level to win a World Cup uh, by having something to overcome or something to prove. So he talked about having an affinity with players or liking players who have had some hardship in their life yes be that uh, parental be that well and and he so he made reference to mike williams he said one of the reasons i really like him and i've taken a punt on him and he used those words Mm. is because he his family got thrown off of their farm in zimbabwe and he's Mm. earning money now to send back to them so the fact that he has that kind of deep-rooted need to be good is one of the things eddie jones likes so presumably you don't want mike williams to play because he's a he's a project player slash non English qualifying residency guy. Uh, well, on, on, on as a principle, I don't like project players. But Zimbabwe's a very it's kind of a different case. But that doesn't get away from the five year residency thing. Okay, Zimbabwe don't have a national team. But anyway, uh, no. But the point is, there are there, Eddie Jones was kind of saying, yeah, maybe there are players that are more, that are, on paper are more deserving or on merit are more deserving of a spot, but. I think Mike Williams, because of those hardships, might get to where I need him to get to uh, come Japan. Someone made a really interesting point. I think it was... Who who was the Japan coach prior to Eddie Jones? Don't know. Was it... Someone rather large, I think, in a a New Zealander. Um, Someone rather large and a New Zealander. But they're making the point that Eddie Jones in Japan... Thomas Waldrop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's it? John... Charlie Falmolina. Oh, I'm trying to think who it is now. John Mitchell? Ben Ta- Talfa Fenua. Oh, forget it. Uh, no, Steve Hansen? Uh, Steve Hansen? No. Well, the point being with this is that the previous coach, because he was a big bloke, liked to get the biggest blokes possible for, um, for Japan and try and make him into good, good rugby players. Because Eddie Jones was was naturally a smaller bloke, he likes to get good rugby players. That's the, but that's suggesting and it's turn like them in, you know, total, get them in the gym. Total like Donald Trump levels of narcissism. You're just creating a team in your own image. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's what Eddie Jones likes. Hot, um, players who are naturally good, but he can then work. But then, can then work them hard because mm. that's exactly what he was—an undersized talker. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you want to talk about the Wales team? Yes, well, well, go on, you're a Welshman, JB. What did you make of the Welsh, the Welsh squad? Um, what do I think of the Welsh squad? Well, I don't know anything about Welsh rugby. That's, that's the first caveat. So I'll only talk about the players in the Premiership who have been selected. Uh, Thomas Young is exciting. 
Um, I think everyone who watches Wasps can see that. But ultimately, I'm not even sure if he'd start for Wasps if everyone's fit. So, you know, this could be a lot, a bit of a, you know, um, a lot of fuss about nothing. Owen Williams is interesting because he yeah. gives you a lot of options, particularly off the bench, but doesn't really merit a starting berth, in my opinion. He doesn't do anything particularly better than anyone else. He's very well-rounded. Is he a centre? Is he a 10? Well, he's probably more of a 10. He can do a job at centre, but we've already got centre. I'm going to put it out there. He wouldn't get in another Six Nations squad. Well, who does he, who does he remind you of? That's, that, that's what I always think. Do you, When you look at a player, who is he most like? I, I think he's kind of like... A, a less good version of Owen Farrell. He's that sort of player. Yeah, instead. Toby I, Flood. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah that's not. Yeah, yeah. So, a less good version of Toby Flood. No, a better version of Toby Flood. A less good version of Owen of Owen Farrell. Yeah, I think I think he is like that player, but yeah, considerably less good than Owen Farrell. Mm. Considerably. So yeah, nothing to really get massively excited about. No. Was there someone else called up who? Uh, they've freshened it up with a couple of young, uh, younger names. I can see how, if you were trying to be optimistic ahead of the Six Nations as a Welsh man or woman, you might feel a little bit, you might feel a little bit more enthused uh, because the squad does seem to have been freshened up it's, a yeah. little bit. Keelan Giles hasn't made the squad. Um, Alex Cuthbert has on the wing. It'd be one area. I think. I think I'm right. He in must train. That. Yeah. He must be amazing in training. He must be. <laughs> Unbel- like nothing you've ever seen. Man, well, I think Gat- Gats might be doing a long con. I think you know, eventually the master plan is going to appear, and there's going to be a law change that allows you to run off the pitch and back on, and and it not be a line out. Cuth- yeah, Cuthbert is ready, ready to go. Yeah, he's got a unique set of skills in that case. Um, yeah, so nothing too exciting. I'm I'm a little bit down on Wales's chances of the Six Nations. They always do badly in the autumn and better in the spring. True. true. Uh, oh, a bit of other news about Wales. And this is interesting. They have reclassified their. Hang on. What is it? What was the phrase that I used? Capture team. So a capture team, for those of you that don't know, is the team that when you play for, you are automatically registered for that country. The lowest level of performance you you represent your nation at, at which point you are committing to being. Uh, that being your your nation that you will play yeah, for yeah. at senior level. So, for instance, which is the second highest level yeah. that that team puts out. Yeah. So, for instance, England or, have or the Saxons. There's the Wolf Hounds for Ireland. No, is there? Irish Wolf Hounds aren't. Yeah. Is that their Is that their AC? Is that their yeah, race that's their A team. The Wolf Puppies. I'm sure are we've there. done we've done a quiz on them. Um, the Wolf Puppies are their under twenties. The Wolf Hounds right? are their A yeah. team. I don't know what Scotland do. Uh, I don't know what France do, but I do know Wales A, the by way, inspirational name, Wales A, um, will now be the capture team. What could it be? The Dragons. The, the Dragons. Wales Dragons, yeah. yeah. The Welsh Leaks, yeah. Um, Fiji, they select their sevens team. Oh, do they? So Tuisova, by playing for the Olympics, tied himself, which is a good thing, tied himself to See, I don't Fiji. like this. I don't like this one bit. I don't even like the idea of capture teams. So because Wales didn't have an A team, it was the under-20s under side. Yes. yes, correct. And now I think... One of you might have to correct me. I think they're getting fed up of lads not playing for the under twenties because they to keep their options open. Yes, I think so. Which is why they went for the A team. Which no, is no. which is why they went and found players like Shane Howarth back in the day. Yeah, a New Zealander well, with in, very 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 tenuous links to uh, being a. It's being interesting. A this comes up when it does because oh, there's been a wider conversation about residency rules. Yes, and Paul and also Paul Turner, who was the ex Dragons coach and coach of Sale and a few others. Uh, who's done quite well when he has been a coach, is now in some role with the WRU hunting down players who've got Welsh heritage or Welsh qualified, particularly in England. I think there's something like 50-odd players. 
Hmm. Yeah, so like, I, I like the way you said hunting down, like it's a covert, <laughs> covert op. Man. Yeah. The hardest prey. Yeah. <laughs> um, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm actually against the whole idea of capture teams. I think it's a, I think it's a nonsense. You either are good enough to play rugby at the highest level, or you're not. And the reason I'm against it is because I can imagine a scenario like New Zealand, say, and they just have this capture team and they put through a load of one-cappers, one particularly Islanders, and then that's them That's them done. And I think it's exactly the same with Wales. They're just basically going to cap as many people yeah, as they can. For the, for, so for the record, you want... I'm trying to think of a good example. I'll tell you what, I've got a great example of a player you'll love. Yeah. England-Saxon. Yeah. Miles Benjamin. Oh, what a guy. Uh, let's say Miles Benjamin s- p- pulled on that white rose for the England Saxons. Yeah. The second side of that nation played in a Saxons Churchill Cup. Played in a Saxons uh-huh. uh, wh- whatever. I think we're getting it. Yeah, okay. So he, he, he sung that national anthem. And then he realises age 26, 27. My incredible rucking technique is not going to be appreciated at test match level okay, well, there's a... I, I, I'm, I'm my grandma's Welsh now I'll play for Wales okay, well, I do not know I'm not having that but, no. the, but there's so... a few flaws in your argument here number one his wrecking uh, his wrecking skills would be appreciated <laughs> at international level <laughs> so you need to take that back immediately but um, the, the argument that you put forward before is probably a good one because there are a lot of people who are New Zealand qualified so grew up in New Zealand but to, of Samoan or Tongan or Fijian heritage mm who could be just churned through the Maori exactly. and then never become eligible for Fiji or for, for Samoa. So that, and, and when what, you put it like that, I'm not, I don't think, have an issue with it in principle, but that scenario is a little bit concerning because there'll be loads of players who've played for yeah, the Maori the, who will never get an All Blacks cap, but then have, have completely yeah, um, the, ruled themselves out of playing for another nation. Yeah, so And the Fiji point is really interesting, right? Because Fiji use their sevens team. Fiji sevens. I don't know if you know this. It's serious business. So they're not in. They're not in on the seven circuit just to give out caps willy nilly. Whereas then Wolfhounds can only really play the Saxons. They were for a long time the two, the, you know, the two only A teams. And those caps are pretty much worthless. They can give out them to whoever they want, whenever they want. They can have development tours. They can have all sorts of things. So when England are off in Australia, they had a tour down South Africa. Big you know, it is important to the lads that went. I guess. But if you're not a wealthy nation, you can't. You basically can't do this. You're either good enough to, to play international rugby, or you're not. And the only caps that should count are you. Well, no, I, I think this could be solved by something that you've proposed before, which is the players can travel. They can go from a if they've capped by tier one, they can move down to a tier two. Yeah. But if they're capped by tier two, they can't move up to a tier one nation. And there mm. should be maybe a a, um, a buffer in terms of years between the two, because I don't want yeah, just like yeah. one year you're doing this, next year you're doing that. But so that's that's the capture team element, and Wales now have Wales A, yep. which is uh, which is good to see that they've you know it's. Uh, if I'm going to make a prediction, a, str- a, a strong union having an A side, I think it's important. Yeah, I don't what's, think it is. What's your but, prediction? But my prediction will be this will be full of English exiles. Wales A, yeah, mm. people with English, but it'll be. So you think they're trying to? Yeah. Oh, so you like, think they're trying to capture guys that are like, uh, like, like fr- in their twenties but beyond under. 20s. Yeah, like Thomas Francis would have definitely played eighteen. Yeah, you know that's so that's who they. I'm he, sure he's got like. a Welsh grandmother or yeah, yeah. something. Donny Prop. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the point. That, that, but, you, so that's that, yeah. Yeah, he's always been eligible. Yeah, so that's what they'll be doing. So. You know, given the choice, I think when Donny Prop was growing up, he's almost certainly going to be pulling on the white rose if given if given the choice. 
Probably, yeah. When Gatland runs out of tight heads and goes and says, you know, do you fancy a game? That's absolutely fine because he's good enough, he's, he's, he's eligible. But what I don't well, like... He's eligible. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. but what I don't like is the idea that this this A team is going to go around hoovering up players yeah, okay. for no other reason than just to make sure they're Just Welsh. to cap them, yeah. I, I, I get exactly your frustration there. Broader point then because... Um, the residency laws, rules, whatever, have been discussed. England have indicated that the RFU, if it isn't made a general rule by World Rugby, England would impose their own rule where it's a five-year residency rather than the three-year residency it has been that has seen players like Nathan Hughes, Shantane Harpy, mm-hmm. Ricky Flutie and, and others in the past um, represent England. France have already done this with five years. Have they actually... Is it, is it official? Have they voted uh, on it? I, I, I believe it's going through it. Anyway, they've indicated... Uh, so basically, their posture, there's going to be a World Rugby vote on residency rules. France have said they want five years. England have said they want five years. Wales have come out and said they want five years. Scotland have said they will oppose it, um, which I think is to, to benefit them, and that's fine, that's their prerogative, but I think it's to the detriment of rugby. So here's the wider point. Would five-year residency or three years residency as it is or something else? I think you know where my rule is. Very and, and, much so. and it's not an EDL, JB, despite what you're saying. EDL. It's, it's not English. No, you English, just, you just English want to make rugby again. Births for uh, English yeah, players. Uh, you know, English jobs for English people. I, 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 I hate you, Tim. Um, it's the integrity of what that rose or what that, um, what that crest means to you. And, uh, and, and I've, mm. I, as good as he is, um, I would have preferred... If we were living in a in a time and if rugby was in a place where Nathan Hughes was playing for Fiji, where CJ Stander yes. um, didn't f- wasn't wasn't caught short by the rules in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, my answer is is long and dull and boring. So I'll give you a very short one. Um, first of all, I would like the world that you portray where everyone plays for the country of their birth or wherever they feel that they're from. If you feel that you're from Welsh, from Wales and you happen to grow up in Scotland... Or where they've been uh, patriated to, like well, they've got a passport and they're yeah. a citizen. Whatever it is. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't like the cynicism in just move, moving around. Providing it's an equal playing field. And what I mean by, by that is I have no interest in saying to the Fiji, Fijian unions or the Samoan unions, yeah, have all of your players back, but then pay them 400 quid. Because ultimately, oh, sorry, 400 quid per game, because ultimately it's a professional game. And I, I'm just worried that, for, you know, for instance, say South African players who aren't getting in the South African team for political reasons then can't come over here and make a good living. And you're going to see some of the best players in the world not playing the best games in the world just because of you know, nationalistic laws combined with their own unions either being overly political or, in the case of the Fiji Union or the Tonga Union or Samoan Union, um, r- ripping off their players. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play for any of those unions. And that's why, and that's why the lads don't, because they only get paid £400 a game and it's an absolute scandal. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, as long as the playing field isn't really fair, well, okay. I'm not interested. Well, I, I, and again, in, in, a, in a utopia, that would completely be the case. I guess my perspective is, and my, my point of view is, my objective is to have the next World Cup and subsequent World Cups being the strongest that they can possibly be, with as many teams competing as they possibly can and big, rich unions land-grabbing players and like, well, like Ireland have done it in quite a... The way that Ireland have gone about it I, I, and, 
I particularly don't like with these. But to be fair, these, Tim, and France as well. These quote unquote project players. France are the worst. Yeah. France are the worst. Ireland. I don't like the way they've done it as well. Where they're and I worry that what might happen even with the five years is now you'll get agents going and scouting for 16, 17 year olds and yes, and that is exactly over. what is going to happen. Um, they're going to be recruiting these players younger and particularly from the from the Pacific Island nations where they'll be less able to be be moved away from their families or less able to cope with being moved away from their families. Potentially, it's, it could be an absolute disaster. Yeah, so my, my, but, only, my only objective is stopping the, stopping the uh, the flow of talent from poorer to richer unions. No, 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 because... Because that, that is what's happening. I, yeah, and I guess it's how you proportion blame. You proportion blame on big, rich unions, you know, going out and grabbing up players. I don't. I proportion it on the smaller unions who are basically fraudulently wasting cash well, and paying I, I, elders I, I'm and doing actually, I'm actually not apportioning blame. I'm just trying to come up with well, a you set, did, you set of You just said big rich no, unions. No, 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 I just said the facts are... The, okay, the, the you said big rich unions. People who... Okay, the lure of cash. Yeah, of course it is, because it's a professional sport. Yeah, no, it's I get that. absolute right I, to I get, I get as much that. as they can. My, my perspective is principle. Phil, let me guess, he's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> how, if, if, if this argument was we should drown all new newborn puppies... Um, and you said we shouldn't drown any newborn puppies. <laughs> One thing would be clear: not all the puppies would live, but not all the puppies would die. <laughs> well, we can't kill all of the puppies, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stand on this, Phil? Go on, say I, it. I'm say it. Well, no, I, I almost think it's arbitrary whether it's three years or it's five years. I think the most important thing is getting the having a clear objective. Um, position whether it is three or five I don't really mind um, but creating the level playing field I think is very important mm. because it, it clearly isn't because Nathan Hughes is a great example he is playing for England partly because of the cash um, but also partly because the Fijian Union they don't organise anything no. they, it, it's uh, as described by Dan Leo on um, the Rugby Dungeon it is a, a bit shambolic the way some of the the, the island unions. Yeah. Here's a fact: are organized. Uh, Nathan Hughes would have to play fifty times, fifty-five times for Fiji to earn one England match fee. Well, I would actually go to, to say he'd have to do more than that because, in a lot, I've read in some instances they're play, paying for their own transport yeah. and accommodation. It's, oh, so they're actually losing yeah, money and, to play and, for their country. Let's be, let's be clear: these are not poor unions. They are very well funded, and yet they, well, you know, it, what they're doing is pretty, pretty, pretty fraudulent. You know, they're just embezzling money, so uh, I mean, so as long as that, as long as that is going on, yeah. Back to my short answer, which is taking me ten minutes. Um, I'm not really interested in the residency rules. I think it should be bit, almost a bit more of a free for all, because I want to see the best players playing at the highest level of the game. I'm not I really... can't, I can't agree with that. Mm. Um, but I, you, you've got to have it on an objective level. Whether it's three, four, five. I think it is a little bit arbi- of course, arbitrary. This isn't- Providing you get a level playing field, paying the same money, the same level of admin, same level of organisation. Yeah. You, you can accuse this me, me of this being nationalism in some way. It's it's, it's more. It's, it's kind of. I think it, no. I think it's more a kind of romantic view. This is the this is the boy. This is the boy that started watching rugby. Where's I need some like music in the background. The boy that started watching rugby in me loved. The, the international matchups and stuff and I just think that integra- and seeing guys like Jason Leonard when I was a kid singing like belting out God oh. Save the Queen or, or the Augustine the Argent- Augustine, Creevy. Augustine Creevy in recent years crying as he mm. sings that national anthem or that, the Georgians that, when they the Georgians yeah. that's part of the romance of 
of international sport for me. It's not. It's not even about. Oh, and I think how, how good your team is. Yeah. But it's like part of that. And I think it, you know, if everything was completely level, I'd be uh, well. I am com- completely with you in principle. Facts are, you know, been yeah. been pragmatic. It's just it, it isn't level. Yeah, I, I did. I did a bit of work on this um, just to understand the position we're in at the moment. So I went back through the squads in the. Of course, he did. I love it. Me obviously. and JB just turn up and chat, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm gonna. Th- Form an opinion. I need some facts behind it. Why? <laughs> sounds unnecessary. That sounds like hard work. Uh, so I went through the 2015 World Cup squads uh, and tried to work out who qualified through the three-year eligibility rule, uh, three-year eligibility law. And so one of the points muted about this uh, new five-year law is anyone under 18 wouldn't necessarily count for it, which is your point about players coming younger. So I've because you have to define it somewhere. I've I've said three year eligibility unless you arrive in that country under sixteen. For example, Pocock, who travelled from Zimbabwe yeah. at age fourteen, he wouldn't class as a three year eligibility rule player. Salute Falatau. Falatau, the Vunipolas. Yeah, yeah, they were ten, twelve yeah. when they travelled across. So how many players? So I've only done it for tier one because I think tier one's more important. Yeah. How many players out of three hundred and thirty who played in that World Cup? Followed the eligibility route. Uh, I'm thinking Japan will have a few. Well, they're not not tier one. Oh no, not tier one. Yeah, okay. Japan. Japan would be the highest yeah. tier two, definitely. Because uh, all the other tier twos wouldn't really have any. Okay, tier one. I will go out of 330 players. I will go for 18. Jay. Uh, 46. Tim, you're almost bob on 16. It's not even a massive five percent, and then you go through the countries. Um, So England didn't have any. Um, Mako and Billy were there. Hartley obviously wasn't there. Nathan Hughes wasn't eligible. And like the the I think it was a Guardian article listed before Nathan Hughes, the last players were Shantae and Happy, Ricky Flutie, Hendry Forey, Leslie Vianacolo. So England don't Abbott, uh, maybe Stuart Abbott, but England don't have. England don't have a great um, track record with doing. They've never, never brought any any brilliant players. Mike Hat, Mike, Mike Hat would be the best. Was he not? Was he as a kid or? Grew was up he... in Pretoria. Yeah, but when did he travel across? Great question. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we leave the facts to you, Phil. Um, Wales. Do you know how many they had? Oh, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. But yeah, Wales. But, but, Wales. Well, Wales's well, approach is quite often to get people who have, uh, which is perfectly reasonable. I'm not complaining. They're not aren't Welsh, quote unquote, but have a Welsh uh, relative in pre- ancestor. Um, three. So no, Wales, no, no, because only sixteen altogether. I'll go two. So hmm. Wales had five people really? not born in Wales. Okay, but they all had Welsh ancestry. Yeah. So none of them classed as the three-year eligibility right. route. Uh, New Zealand. Two, none, Bec- right. partly yeah. because they. So Fekita and Naholo would be the two who um, they came across as kind of secondary school children um, to play for colleges. Um, Australia had one in um, Spain. France must have had a few. France were the worst offenders. Australia had one. Scotland had three. Because Scotland had a few, so Scotland had Visser, Strauss, and WP Nell. And Scotland are so far of the home unions that have spoken up about this. Scotland are the home nations union who have said that they want it to stay as it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, that suggests they did. Have, Scotland also had three who had Scottish ancestry in Maitland, Dave Denton, and Blair Cowan. Mm. Um, it, Ireland had three, and France had five. Um, Weenie Antonio, they had Bernard Larue, L- R- R- Rory Cockett, Noah Nakatasi, and Scott Spedding. Yeah. And obviously now they've got Vaca Tower. And t- well. Ted- Teddy Thomas is a. Uh, uh, oh, not in the squad. Uh, never mind. No, not not in the squad. Well, interesting. Uh, well, well, I'm sure, I, and I, I think I think he is. I think he's French as well. Well, by the by, World Rugby are going to talk about this, so it will be something we can talk about at a later date. Definitely, yep. definitely. Uh, where are we at, gentlemen? And we're at one minute seventeen. One one hour seventeen. Yeah. Not one, one hour. Minute, one minute. 17. You know what I mean? Let's yes. Go, what, what's, what's, we don't need to talk about games coming up in in this podcast. No, no, because nothing really is happening. Nothing really is happening. So um, there's two more things on my agenda. Yeah, go on. One light-hearted, a little yeah. bit, which is Stephen Larkham coming out of retirement, age 42. Oh, I saw this to what? play in the Brisbane Tens. Yeah, um, there is a bit of a push in Australia for Tens rugby for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a gateway drug. Gateway drug. More if you're 42. <laughs> well, no, not for not for Stephen Larkin, no. but it does generate some gateway, interest. Well, gateway will be the description of his uh, defence. <laughs> <laughs> he was never the best defender, even when he was in his pomp. But it got me thinking, is there anyone who you'd like to see come out of retirement, either recently retired or long retired? Because Larkin's yeah, probably been retired actually. for... And the thing is, the right age to do it, if you could do it. Stephen Ferris? Ferris, was one for, he's on my list. If he, he Yeah, couldn't. but is he also on your list for people to come out of retirement? You love Stephen Ferris. Uh, he's so good. He's cruelly taken from us. Yeah. He's only thirty-one. Um, You'd have another. Yeah, hey, you could go to Co- I, I think. I think Richard Cockrell. That's what he should do with his. With his. Because uh, he's now he's he's leaner. He's into his yoga. He'd be he'd be more of a Phil Greening kind of hooker. Did you yeah. check out than the a, than a Richard Cockrell kind the of the Alistair Eakin interview with him? Yeah, yeah. Very very good. Tiger in Talon. Mm. I think they should. I think they should stop calling him the Simon. They should just remove all references to Leicester when referring to him. Though. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, going to hang the roost, how, the how rooster in Talon. Like. The rooster in Talon. Yeah, cockerel. Fine. Perfect. Big cock in Talon. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I'd go for. Um, <laughs> the rooster. Yeah, rooster's good. I, I just can't help thinking that cockerel and Worcester just feel like the perfect fit. I, but anyway. Yeah, we'll see in due course. He's not doing a bad job there. Um, Anyone else you'd get out of retirement? Yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm trying to think of someone who's just got massive. He's uh, retired. Well, Duncan Bell came out of retirement, and he was looking rather large. Yeah, um, Steve Thompson as well. Yeah, yeah Steve Thompson. Well, he retired because that neck injury got, got up massive. To Twenty-two stone. Then went back and played and shed it all. Yeah, and then scored that incredible try in that charity game. When he yeah. got massive again. When he was massive again. When he was massive again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Just um... I want to see Lewis Moody playing under current tackle laws. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... no. A guy who retired too early and could definitely still play, and I was kind of hoping he would do, but he didn't. Uh, is Johnny Wilkinson? I think he's only like thirty-five. Boys, boys, thirty-six. Let's, I, I want to. I want to have a six million dollar man or RoboCop type uh, operation. And Jacques Berger to be given a whole oh, new, a whole new, yes. a whole new skeleton. Yes, well, made, th- made out of carbon fiber. Yeah, and set him free. Well, what did he uh, today? He is drinking beers. I think he's hunting, and he's in the Kalahari Desert camping. Yeah, he's on his Twitter. Obviously, not that deep in the desert. If you've got phone signal, just saying, Jack, <laughs> watch out for that. Uh, 
Wilkinson's 37. Yeah, so maybe maybe he did retire at the right time then. Tim, you've seen him up close. What about Hugo Monia? He's 33. He's in pretty good shape. Pretty, pretty good shape. Yeah, still got a scary rig. Uh, yeah, he could still do a job. in the, On the 10 circuit, he could do a decent job. And how about... Here's one I was thinking of. A former Leicester prop, who is probably now... He's probably spent the last four Darren years... Darren Morris? <laughs> not Darren Morris. Not, oh. not Graham Roundtree, who looks like he's about 100 years old. He spent the last four years stacking cows. Perry Freshwater. Oh, Julian White. <laughs> Julian White. Oh, yeah. I, I, I imagine... How did I get Perry Freshwater for <laughs> Julian White? I don't know. <laughs> I imagine Julian White could still hold up a scrum pretty well. I think, he, I think he's about 42. Well, Flats is only like 30-something. Yeah, he's about 35, 36. Yeah, I mean, that's prime Julian White, age. World Cup winner. Um, yeah. Hmm? I've just thought well, there's one other thing we should bri- briefly talk about. Arsgate, Tom yes. Arsgate. We talked about it last week. So as we went on the podcast last week, it was starting to uh, mushroom oh. on Twitter, but we couldn't talk about it officially. It came out. Tom Arsgate spoke. He's been sacked by his club, Sale Sharks. Uh, the position of Bristol is they say, yes, Tom and Luke met each other at the Bristol Team Hotel. They're brothers. The night before the game, they're brothers. They live 250 miles apart. That's perfectly normal. It's a standard thing. They didn't... They didn't talk about anything which gave Sale any competitive advantage. We're totally satisfied there was nothing, no wrongdoing by Bristol or Lucas got their player. Sale have a very, very different uh, perspective. So we don't know the ins and outs because nothing specific has been released, but they've sacked Tom Arscott on the strength of what some of Steve Diamond says, some of his senior players said to him. Uh, QJB defending Steve Diamond to the hilt. Uh, well, you know, I... I... <laughs> Such a tricky one, is it? We, we, okay, so we, we, Tr- we tricky know. one because you're trying to get business out of sale sharks. Yeah, yeah. And uh... no, no, I mean, <laughs> we, I mean, we know very little about this yeah, outside of the fact that sale went to the RFU. I, I'm not even sure if sale went to the RFU actually, but the RFU well, they, they didn't want to, but they had to. Yes, yeah, something because of due process, you have to let them yeah, know when so there's an the, internal investigation like this. Right. Okay. And then it's the RFU that announced that this was happening. Something's clearly gone on. Well, no, is it the RFU just. Uh, sort of facilitate? Did they? No, they just no, no, no. no, The RFU only announced what sale were doing. No, the RFU had nothing to do with the internal investigate, the internal meeting, and all the rest of it. All the sacking. Funny because I'm pretty sure that they did. Oh really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an it's an RFU investigation. Mind you, why would it be? No, no, it's not. Yeah, Yeah, why 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 would it be? That's what I was told. I don't think it is. Um, But yeah, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? Because RFU don't. I think they had to tell them. They didn't want to because because the RFU. Uh, are duty bound to then release a statement that it, this is happening or has happened. Do you want me to, uh, let's, 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 let's speculate because it's more fun than facts. Go on then. Uh, I mean, the understanding. Oh no, let's speculate. Uh, Tom Arscott did reveal uh, in depth tactical plans and he said, What we're doing, Luke, you get back and tell Bristol that what we're going to do is uh, knock on the ball at every opportunity <laughs> and score hardly any points. Miss all of our kicks. Miss all of our kicks. Yeah, uh, listen out for call. It's called Crab One. That's when we <laughs> crab sideways. Uh, crossfield kick. Uh, you know, that's, Denny ball. Denny ball. Yeah. That, that's usually a try. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously he said something. Now, how substantial it is, I don't know. Uh, do you know a single back? In fact, oh, it's Phil. Phil's a very conscientious guy. What were the Sedgley Park calls when, when, when you were playing for the line-out? For the line-out? Yeah. Well, Bear in mind, Johnny May doesn't even know how to well, pack, this, this pack is a, down on a blindside flank. This is exactly my point. 
we had a couple of lineouts which would be hit up the the only ones that I knew. But this isn't the actual lineout. No, 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 the lineout calls. Oh, no idea. Absolutely See, no I'm idea. I'm not sure Tom Arsenal's going to know that. So I doubt his lineout calls unless he's gone out of his way to do it. Well, in that game on New Year's Day, uh, Bristol did do. Uh, sorry, yeah, Bristol. No, Sale did do a couple of like eleven man malls from lineouts. Oh, which it was speculated could have been what uh, Tom had mentioned to Luke. Oh, we got a plan for you, some eleven man line. I'm only speculating, but on if it was those eleven man lineouts, for example, the first one down two, we got yellow carded, and then they scored a try from the next one. Yeah, but yeah, you know so what? It's it not good. In- so- you're not using that intelligence wisely. Yeah, no. but if he has told them. Um, it isn't about how much effect it had on the game. It's the fact that he did it. And I and can't well, imagine for the life of me. I mean, we've, 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 we've speculated before the show. And only joking. Oh, Diamonds wants to save some money. He wants someone off, 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 you know, off the salary cap. Or, that just isn't the case, is it? Because he's going to need... I ev- can't imagine that. No, well, it isn't, mate. Because... Look, look at me getting all defensive. <laughs> it isn't, mate. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. Look, I, look here, pal. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it is. No, and, and this is why. They've already got one, one of the smallest squads in the league anyway. And they're going to need all the help that they can possibly get. Or Scott, for all his uh, char- character flaws, allegedly, um, isn't a terrible player. Um, and he would be useful. Uh, I can't see the saving of half a year's salary being, being worth it. He must have done something. And if he hadn't done something, okay. Sale would have been incredibly, incredibly careless because you don't fire well, someone for no reason. That, so that's the thing for me. Yeah. Sale must... Right. Steve Diamond has got enough legal issues to worry about He's got the yeah. T.J. Ioane thing, and he's got the De- Denny Solomona thing, and the uh, Cillian Killian Willis thing. Oh, it could be a couple of costly lawsuits potentially. We don't know the ins and outs of those. I wonder well, if those might cost a few quid. You just imagine the yeah. the sale lawyer or whoever yeah. they've got on retainer. Yeah, we just, don't, we don't need another one. You what, Steve? Just laughing yeah. on the phone, yeah. cash register <laughs> in, in the background. Yeah. And do you want me to bill by the hour or <laughs> fix fee? <laughs> well, just. Like head in his hands. No, surely, surely he's got all the facts. Surely he's got the some evidence of this. <laughs> yeah, this heinous crime, this breach of contract. Any evidence, Steve? No, he just did it, didn't he? Yeah, I know. I know someone told, he told me. Told me he did it. I know he did it. <laughs> Talk about it, weren't they? Oh well, I, we, I don't know if we'll ever actually hear or see any any detail on this one. But there you of go. course, you will. The we, only, we have to now. The only way we'll hear any detail is if. There is some kind of employment tribunal, yeah. so, and Arscott um, sues for wrongful yeah. dismissal. So two things, right? If Arscott doesn't, if you never hear from Tom Arscott ever again, assume he's guilty of sin. Yes, correct. Uh, if, Without any facts, but assume yeah. guilt. Assume, yeah. yeah, because I mean, you're a highly paid professional rugby player. I mean, this is a this this is this is a money maker. If we do hear from Tom Arscott again, then then it gets juicy because <laughs> yeah. they're going to have to produce evidence. <laughs> on that bombshell yeah. I think we're done for the pod I think we are I think we are we've covered off some big topics if you've got anything you want to add or any thoughts you have or any questions at Rugby Podcast on Twitter uh, the Facebook page don't forget Facebook Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast and we have an event page there for our trip to Romania weekend of the 17th 18th 19th 20th of March where Romania play Georgia tickets go on sale uh, we've spoken to uh, we, we have friends at World Rugby so tickets yeah, we, yeah, we're kind of big deals we, we know some people have said oh but we can't get tickets tickets will be available closer to, to time you will be able yep. to get them and in the weekend in Bucharest you will be able to get there cheaply live there and drink there cheaply watch rugby there we've already scoped out some venues where you can watch Six Nation games all together we've already scoped out a venue and we're going to do a live podcast there but we'd love to have you along 
Uh, we're looking into transport to the to the ground so we can all go together. And there's already about 50 people signed there's up. It's already about 50 people signed up. We're, the more the merrier. It's going to be a, a, a really cracking time. Gale time. And for the and all for probably the less less of a price of going to see your home nation play. Yeah, when I work out the actual cost of my flights to go over there and my accommodation, I'll express it to you in Twickenham pints. <laughs> so what is it? Eight pound a Twickenham pint? Five pounds for a pack of pork scratchings or something ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure it's about eight. What, 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 what is no, it? It's not. It's, it's about five or five fifty maybe. It was during the World Cup anyway. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, rugby podcast, uh, Egg Chasers rugby podcast on Facebook. Find the event page. Get involved. We'll answer any questions you have in the meantime, but get those get those flights booked up. Come and join us. Let us know you're there. Own Cornerstone. Oh, oh, and of course, if you haven't already got a Cornerstone razor, it's the best razor on the market. They help us make this podcast, and they give you an amazing offer with us. So you can get for £4 an engraved free aluminium shaft razor precision engineered award winning uh, you get that in a beautiful presentation box four quid you get that and you get six razors with your first purchase and anything else you want as well from cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg tent at checkout top work phil thank you tim the top work jb thank you tim see you next time bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.